All right, everybody, welcome to Kafaru Cast. I'm uh, your host, and I'm running solo today. Uh, Frank, my brother from a darker skinned mother, is not here. Actually, I've never met his mom, but he's in Utah hunting mule deer. Uh, so I got uh, Tyler Friel, longtime friend, to come on board. Tyler, thanks for coming. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I met Tyler several years ago. We did a program with Outdoor Life together. Um, I guess the first time we met was at the SHOT Show. Uh, we've been friends ever since. And uh, Tyler, now you do a program with Outdoor Life on, uh, you find it on Facebook called Points North. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a, uh, a page that kind of just holds all my own content for Points or for Outdoor Life. Um, the page is called Points North. Um, pretty easy to find. But uh, yeah, it's basically a home for all my content and uh, other BS that I like to spew, I guess. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Well, and you're um, uh, uh, pretty, well, how old are you, Tyler? Well, let's go from there. I just turned 32. So when you like you talk to me, you're getting forty. I'm man, I'm I'm starting to feel it a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, you um you've been uh, overly successful both with a gun, a trad bow. You don't mess around too much with the compound. But how many uh, how many sheep? You're, these are do-it-yourself Alaskan sheep hunts. How many dolls have you taken? Got my eleventh one this year. Gotcha. And then how, I know you whack moose and everything else known to man grizzlies. You've shot several, a few grizzlies anyway, with your stick bow, um, moose with your stick bow and a gun. I mean, what, uh, brag a little bit. I know you're not real good at that, but, uh, (laughs) rub some funk on it. Let's hear what you've done. Oh, well, I've, uh, I killed four grizzly bears with my stick bow. Um, probably five or six black bears since I started, I started shooting shooting a stick bow like ah, six years ago, I want to say. I shot a lot when I was a kid and always had these hand-me-down compounds and my old man would never let me use put sights on them because he shot a recurve. And and then, oh, I think it was actually, eh, no, it was before we started the outdoor life thing together. I, I bought a compound and just didn't really shoot it that much, didn't get involved. And then uh, it sat in the closet and one day decided I wanted to, I had had a, a self bow that I made. I decided I wanted to shoot a black bear that spring with it. That was the, the year we started the outdoor life thing. And so I practiced and practiced and practiced and the bow exploded two nights before I was going to take it hunting. And, uh, so my dad had a long bow sitting in the garage. So I took that and, uh, ended up shooting a bear. And then after that, I was pretty hooked on it. And, uh, it's been kind of a journey. It took me, a little over a year to get what I call fairly proficient. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's always a struggle staying on top of it. You know, if I don't shoot very much, then I'm, then I suck. But (laughs) when I, when I'm on top of my game, I can shoot fairly decent, but, uh, yeah, I've got the, uh, the first grizzly I killed with it. I, at least at the, before this last scoring period was tied for number six in Pope and young, but, um, managed to get a few more and, and, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I shot a couple moose with it, and it's slowly working its way into being a bigger part of my hunting, but I can't lie. I, I probably always will be a rifle guy to some degree. I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, and uh, especially <clears throat> it's not overly easy killing um, uh, a doll up where you're at to begin with, let alone with a stick bow. Yeah, it uh, 
it'd be tough. And I, you know, every year I'm like, God, oh, maybe this is the year I'm going to do it. But I always make up some stupid excuse not to. Um, I feel like I'm getting closer. Last year I didn't kill a sheep. I I passed three different legal ones that were in range, and uh, we got one really nice ram. And then the one I I went after four times was the one I ended up killing this year. We're like 99% sure it's him. But uh, yeah, I just you know one of these years I just got to suck it up and be okay with coming back without one because it uh, it's totally doable. Um, but it may take two or three years to get it done. I think just every as much sheep hunting as I've done, I think everything has to line up just right. You know, that may be the first stock or it may be three years of chasing sheep with it before I get one. Yeah. And then I, I can truly say now that, uh, I feel your pain. I know how you feel. Um, shooting the yeah. stick bow last year was an eye opener. Yeah. No, you did great, man. Though I mean, you know, and with your, like I tell guys that, that have been interested in switching over to comp, from compounds, and it seems like that, that trend's trailing off a little bit. People are realizing it's not as easy as, as you think. So the people that were just trying to do it because it was cool kind of tend to give up. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, you did you did way better than the average, the average guy. You had good coaching. And, I mean, it's so much of it's just fundamentals and good shot execution. Yeah, and I I had a lot of uh, sitting here stuff in my face. I had a lot of help um, with the the clums over at Rocky Mountain on the um, fundamental side of things, and and that was a, I mean, I couldn't have done it without them. Um, and I, I I I mean, I was successful in this. I did kill a lot of stuff, but uh, I yeah, I also had a lot of time to do it. You know, I I kind of I did not set myself up to fail. Like I set myself up to be on a lot of different hunts. Uh, you know, and oh, yeah. be able to capitalize. And I mean, obviously I got a lot of time in the field. That's another big one. Um, I just, I wouldn't, not only was I on good hunts, but I was also able to stay in the field. I mean, all of them, like, you know, as you say, fall into place. My Colorado mule deer hunt lasted about three hours and I shot that deer at like five feet. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, the elk hunt was like seven days. They were all average. I didn't have to lengthen them out. Like, you know, where I was like 20 days hunting mm-hmm. one animal. But what I do know is um, it was one of those deals where uh, I truly, at times, which I, as you know, I'm very confident, was starting to doubt my sanity, one, and two, my ability. I'm like, man, am I going to be able to pull this shit off? Because it's just, I mean, it's easier with a compound. There's no way about it. I mean, it's easier yeah. with a gun compared yeah. to a compound. and um it's hard not to get frustrated yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's a totally different world, you know, like, I mean, I, a few years ago, I, yeah, it's been a few years ago now. It's hard to keep track. Um, you know, kind of got Nick kicked in the direction of killing a, killing a black bear with, with the bow. And so we lent him a recurve, my dad's and, and he got one and, you know, he was the same way, you know, I was like, Oh, it's just totally different ball game. And, uh, you know, adding that something about, you know, not having sights and, and, I don't know, just the whole process, hold, holding all the way, just a, it's it's a very similar process of shooting trad bow, but it's also seems to be there's enough difference in there that it can kind of rattle you, you know, and it's like you're starting fresh again, you know what I mean? Yep. yep. You know, you get you get an animal in front of you and, and nerves and whatnot that you never – that. You know, you were totally over with a compound 
can tend to creep back in, you know, that panic. Oh, full but, effect. Uh, no. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, you did great. And, uh, and that was really cool to see you do it. You know, I know a lot of people were, were giving you a hard time. So, oh, you know, or how, how did it go that, you know, people were, well, only just because you shoot a compound and so you're, oh, well, I'll deal with this. <laughs> well, yeah, I, uh, I did a podcast on ethical shooting distance and, and I've shot animals farther than what people would consider ethical with a compound. And, uh, I was pretty candid about that and I got a ton of hate mail, uh, which I'm used to hate mail. You're going to get that no matter. I mean, you can shit, yeah. gold, you're going to get hate mail. Doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. and pretty much said I was a shitty hunter and, uh, a good hunter who didn't need the compound. And I, yeah, dude, you know how I am. I'm, I get tunnel vision. Uh, I'm like, all right, yeah, motherfuckers, I'll show you. And so <laughs> I picked it up thinking it was going to be easy. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh man, I literally, you know, I picked it up and I put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into practice. Cause I'm like, I'm going to make a legit run at this. I sold all my compounds, sold everything to do with a compound, I'm like, I'm going to put my heart into this. And if I don't kill anything, they were right. I was wrong and I'm just not good enough. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I truly, um, you know, I shot a Turkey. Um, I missed several then killed one. And then I shot a black bear second shot, missed it the first shot. And I was feeling pretty good. There wasn't a whole lot of struggle in the old struggle stick. And then I got, uh, missed a deer three times in one sitting opening day, uh, hit an elk in the leg like a week later. Um, luckily in the, in between that, I shot a, a mule deer out of its bed at like five feet. And, and what it basically did for me is it made me a better hunter. I mean, just flat out. Yeah. There is shit I can get away with, with a compound. You flat out cannot get away with, with a stick. You have to be a better hunter. Um, yeah. and you have to, you have to hold your mud together better in my opinion at the shot. Um, there's too much to go wrong with. I mean, people say there's too much to go wrong with a compound. I feel completely different. I, you have so many, what I would call a catching feature. You have the draw stops, the peep, the pins. There's so many things to make sure that you're not doing wrong. It can get confusing, but it doesn't take a whole lot to short draw or long draw a stick. Not only that, it's yeah, like I mean, throwing a baseball, which you can screw that up anytime. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've kind of been fortunate that my dad's kind of gotten really nerdy about it and and over the years and done all this research and I just like glean the useful information from him and apply it <laughs> I let him do all the hard work and, and figure it out and then and then tell me and then I can and uh, can kind of glean that and apply it to myself but it's yeah like I've noticed for example any difference in back tension in my shoulder will change the shot you know like, you know, even if it's, if it's a quarter inch short draw, that shot's different. You know, if I'm not applying the same pressure through the shot. Um, but yeah, you, you, you get that bow drawn back and the key is, I, I mean, obviously practice and you practice enough, even on a blank bale where you get your, to where your shot sequence is automatic. Like it just happens. And, uh, cause you can't think it through, you know, as soon as you start thinking about something, like, you know, as soon as I start thinking about pulling through, I pluck the string or something like that, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and all of those things, uh, 
uh, ha- happened to me. You know what I mean? From plucking the string to, you know, basically just shitting your pants and not paying attention. Um, uh, in this, not look, not picking a spot. Um, pretty much everything Tom Clark yeah. told me would happen. It happened. Uh, he's a wizard, <laughs> right? He was like, Aaron, I guarantee you're going to kill animals on your second or third arrow. Cause they just don't hear it like a compound. And he's like, yeah, over and over, you got to pick a spot. You got to pick a spot. Um, you know, I, and, uh, it, uh, all those things happen. But I mean, in the end, uh, I ended up going back, uh, you know, I still shoot the stick, but I went back to the compound. Um, and, uh, I got a lot of flack for that. I got a lot of flack for, uh, you know, giving my two cents on, on, uh, you know, my thoughts on shooting the recurve. And I think people thought I was talking down about it, which I mean, it did more for me for hunting than, I mean, you talk about like having the, you know, what, how you feel after taking an animal, it's a hell of a lot more rewarding oh, yeah. than a stick. Um, I mean, even this year I got to the point where I'm like, man, I should probably go back to a stick because I just flat out, uh, I don't get the same feeling fr- from taking an animal with a compound that I do with a stick bow. Um, I yeah. also don't ever want to kind of snap a compound over my kneecap. Um, I quite frequently yeah. want to do it at a stick bow. Yeah, the ground ground tuning. I've been pretty tempted to do that several times. <laughs> if my bow wasn't so expensive, I would. I'd probably have several of them laying in the woods. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, speaking of uh, of uh, I guess not controversy, but kind of. Um, I you know I I follow you on social media and get a kick out of it. You throw some uh, some jabs in every now and then, which again I find comical. I think. Uh, you know, being up where you're at and uh, being as remote as you have to be and, and uh, you know, looking at some of the things you see and read on uh, on social media, what are some of the big ones that bug you? I mean, I know what they are. What are some of the things where you just want to reach to the computer screen and smack somebody? Oh, um, well, I did one on, and it's kind of tailed off a little bit. One first one that comes to mind is like the, what I called it in my the blog I did about the somber, you know, like re- respect the animal hunting photo, which don't get me wrong. I'm all about respecting the animal, but like there was a definite trend of, you know, of people posing these shots, you know, Oh, the camera just went off or something like that, where I'm like, like, you know, okay, before the camera was turned on, you were high fiving and just, happy as all get out and whatnot and then so you're going to pretend that you're sad like to tell people you respect the animal it's like well you know how'd you handle the meat and you know did you prep the cape and all this stuff you know that's it just seemed a little silly to me because all you know all of us genuine hunters like we respect the animals like we you know that's part of the reason we love doing it but that that was just a little silly so i remember it was my guy kneeling in front of a giant elk and it looked like he was praying and he said uh the camera had just gone off accidentally is that the one you're talking about yeah yeah that's the one and it was just like everybody was doing it and i you know and like i think I think it stemmed from some original like candid photos of a guy checking out his animal or whatever which i do the same thing you know you know, sit there and check out the sheep I just killed and just kind of soak it all in in that moment. But, you know, when you try to like replicate it and just for the sake of, uh, of attention or, or saying, you know, you're respecting the animal, it's like, well, okay, but 
how oh. how the whole rest of it go, <laughs> you know. Oh, believe me, dude. As a photographer, I, you know, I'm like going crazy. There's times guys will pose, and I'll be like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're not gonna do that normally. Yeah. Come on, you know." And they're yeah. like, "What do you mean?" I'm like. Yeah, they, I, I'm all about taking the in-the-moment shots where you're not faking them. And uh, there's a few times where guys have gotten mad where I'm like, I ain't taking that photo. Like, that, yeah. is, that is a horrible <laughs> idea. But They're like, oh, get the, get the light over here and I'll, you know, put some put some tears in my eyes or whatever. It's just like, come on. Like, you know you're stoked to get that. <laughs> it's just like a little overplayed, I think. Everything's overplayed and, and exaggerated, it seems like. But, uh, so there's that and then camo, you know, the camo, the camo yeah. stuff. <laughs> oh, which pattern should I get? Like, dude, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, I will I say mean, if you have done your job as a hunter, well, except for elk, I think elk is, is, uh, you know, having your face or, or, or a camo top is a little more important. Not, I mean, obviously staying still is the most important in wind, but, uh, if you've done your job, animals probably not going to know you're there anyway. Yeah. And it's, and not that I have anything against camo inherently, it's just fine. And I know like there's situations obviously that it can help you out, but like sheep hunting the, no, I I think I had like a, a camo sweatshirt on this year, but like the last sheep I killed were right wearing our, you know, wearing my green rain gear. My buddy has a bright blue rain jacket and, <laughs> you know, go right up and kill these things. It's just, you know, I would never let the camo or the camo pattern be my first choice. If it's a set of clothes I really like, you know, and it happens to be camo, then great, you know. But, you know, I, sh- I was wearing Carhartt pants and a plaid shirt when I shot my moose this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I the, the what the material is, is, you know, the functionality of is is far more important. I get made fun of from friends because I wear Swazi stuff too, Um not the most attractive clothing, but it certainly is no. durable. Yeah, it's good. I, I haven't used it myself, but I, you know, some guide guiding and helping guiding that I've done, you know, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. Everybody that wears it, you know, just swears by it. So it's like, man, just, you know, and a lot of, you know, it's like you see guys dumping so much money into like a match set of camo where and I did a I did a piece on this too where I just went I went and I priced out like whole sets of what I thought I would need to go sheep hunting of the these different brands and then went to just a store here in Fairbanks and walked around for 30 minutes and found a whole set of stuff that some of it was better I thought than than the brand name stuff or the the hunting brand name stuff and uh and it worked. And there's the, you know, there definitely is the factor of all, well, you know, supporting these companies or whatever. It's like, well, if I can buy this and sell or in and save enough money to go on another hunt, well, <laughs> you know, I win in the end, you know. Right. Well, and you got to do play. it with Levi Morgan. The I do, So this is hilarious, right? Like I, I, <laughs> I, I have friends texting me um, about, uh, uh, this, this post you had made, which I didn't think was distasteful or, I mean, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but basically, uh, you, you called them out on, on, uh, the arrow never going through the animal more or less. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, and I, I wasn't trying to be a jerk or nothing. You know, some guys and I intentionally like tried to phrase it like, look, like you know, there's no doubt that deer's, you know, that's a killing shot, and he he posted posted this video and didn't get very good penetration, but like the deer was dead, no question in that, and he was catching some flack for. He said some. I don't know exactly how he said it, but like, oh, most of the you know most of this flack's coming from trad shooters and that's the everyone knows that's the worst penetration ever i'm like well not really i mean levi's like i i've met him myself I, he's a fantastic shooter obviously um but he's a little out of his wheelhouse on that one um, I, I, I just mentioned i'm like well i've shot four grizzly bears with my trad bow and like basically never had less than 30 inches of penetration <laughs> well and i will say and i brought it up yesterday uh the one thing that I learned real quick is uh, I was blowing through pretty much everything I shot at with a 180 foot per second, uh, you know, 580 grain, uh, you know, trad arrow or, you know, it was, it was, it was carbon. It looked like a piece of wood, but yeah, you know, cut on t- contact broadhead zipping through everything. And I wasn't one of those guys that needed to be converted. I've always shot with a, for a long time I've shot super heavy arrows and um so for me um the one thing that i think is is uh apparent which may not should which should be more apparent i guess is mechanical broadheads specific there's certain specific brands suck momentum up like it's their job and if you're shooting a uh an arrow that's relatively lightweight uh you're just not going to get a pass through it's just not going to get um you know a whole lot of um you're not going to get many exit holes shooting a forward deploying broad mechanical broadhead specifically. And so, um, is a compound going to out penetrate a, a stick bow? Everything being, um, uh, equal, well, not everything being equal. If I'm shooting a con on contact broadhead, um, with a 500 grain arrow at 280, I'm probably going to out penetrate a guy shooting a 600 grain arrow with a hundred at 180 feet per second. But, yeah, the majority of stick bow guys are going to out penetrate. It seems like anymore these days, the uh, compound guys that are shooting a forward deploying mechanical with a 400 grain arrow, uh, the stick bow hunter is going to win most of the time because the momentum. Oh yeah, yeah, and that that's the biggest thing. You know, momentum is a huge factor. Um, you know, your your arrow weight is what plays into that big time. I think that, that, you know, the weight forward stuff makes a difference. I don't know how much it does. So I don't really, you know, I try basically my arrows, I'm kind of limited because I have a long draw length. So I'm limited on the arrows I can shoot. So they just kind of end up being what they're going to be. But, uh, you know, a heavy arrow with good momentum and a, a solid like broadhead and insert system you know, I, I've been shooting those grizzly single bevel broadheads. They're a lot. I, the cutthroats are a little, you want to say, higher quality. They're nicer, um, but they're basically the same thing. And and if you you know you get a tough cut on contact, especially single bevel broadhead like that, and a good insert system that's not going to snap off. I mean, if I I don't think how should I phrase this. I don't think there's any excuse for anyone shooting a 55 pound or higher compound to ever not have a pass through on a whitetail in just about any direction. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, no, that's my personal opinion, you know, and I think 
a lot of people are coming around to more efficient arrow setups like that. Um, especially the trad guys, you know, if, if you're just going and, and buying a lot of times what you see on the store shelves, you know, that market's make the market revolves around speed. And, you know, when you have a hundred, hundred or 125 grain broadhead, it can only be built so tough. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember what YouTube channel was or where those kids were. It's some kids at a YouTube channel, they're trad hunters and, you know, this guy shot shot this white-tailed doe, quartering to him with a 40-pound recurve. Dang near chopped her leg off. You know, I mean, and and my dad's muskox a couple springs ago, he shot that thing. It was a 50-pound recurve with like a 550-grain arrow and single bevel point. Shot that thing right. It split the near scapula top to bottom and punched through the other one. And... uh and the other guys that were with us were shooting that, I think the same expandable broadhead we're talking and they got to, got the job done, but you know, if their shot placement hadn't been on, then it wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I mean, uh, it, uh, I'm, again, where the, and this is my own personal opinion where mechanical, I, you know, God put mechanicals on the planet um, because for people who can't tune, for the most part. Um, yeah. Compound bows, obviously. And where uh, fixed blade broadheads come into play where they're more of an issue to me is, is, out, is out past 50 to 60 yards. Um, you should be able to get them to hit, um, you know, pretty dang well. After that, 60 to 80, they start really dropping out the bottom more because of wind drag compared to a mechanical. Um, but... I mean, I've told this story already, but the deer I shot in Alberta this year, single bevel, um, I, dude, I, I blew through the deer and blew its offside leg in half and I couldn't find my arrow. Now that's with a heavy, not super heavy, but you know, 500 and whatever it was, 40 grain, uh, Eastern axis with a, a cutthroat and it was bedded, shot through the medius part of the scapula. Um, on the onside, blew through it, blew its offside leg in half, and I couldn't find my arrow. Dude, I mean, I wouldn't have done that with a mechanical. That wouldn't have happened. No, um, and no. That, that cutthroat's made for breaking bones. I mean, it 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 just yeah. wrecked its world. And and you know, I've got in quite a few disputes. You know, or like the whole shot angle ethics. A lot of people try to make it black and white, and it's not black and white. You know. And a lot of people, and I don't know, I think the way like hunter education in general says you may, you know, you can do this, this, and this, but you can't do this, this, and this. And it's really not that simple, you know, like, you know, with my setup right now, I would shoot ordering two, if, if it was, I felt it was close enough, say under 20 yards and every, the whole situation was right. I would shoot a moose quartering two right in the shoulder and it wouldn't stop it you know and it just wouldn't and i i know i know one guy did that with his i think it was a 55 pound recurve that he made and it it totally like split his scapula in half now you know i would never ever tell anyone to do that with a lighter arrow or you know any number of different broadheads but the biggest thing is like under knowing your equipment having well-tuned equipment and uh and under, you know, knowing what the capabilities of that and really assessing any given situation 
as far as whether or not you should take the shot. You know, there's a lot of trad guys who be like, oh, no, you should never, ever shoot over 20 yards. I'm like, well, there's been several, like, 40-yard shots I've taken and, you know, totally confident, did just fine. But then the one moose I lost was, like, 15 yards. And my class, going back to excuses, I did hit a limb that I didn't see. And in that case, like, looking back, I shouldn't have taken that shot. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's getting on a whole nother rabbit trail, but yeah, like, you know, the, the grizzly bear I shot this year, I, I, I don't know, I got a little excited. <laughs> Those bears get me pretty excited. And I was in a tree stand and he came in and, um, shooting veins, I use elevated rest, just a rubber rest. And I started drawing my bow and arrow fell off the rest and hit my riser. Of course, he, he hears it and gets up and comes walking over towards me, and I had to finish my draw. And, you know, with my left finger, pop my arrow back on the rest, and he's standing like eight yards in front of me, you know, straight on. And I'm, I knew he was going to spook, so I just leaned forward, and then he saw me, started turning. As soon as he got quarter and two me, I just put it right in his front shoulder. And uh, I think the ground stopped it coming out the bottom but he took off and went 60 yards right through the heart, you know, buried it up to the veins, you know, and you still want to tell me trad gear is the worst penetrating ever. I don't, I don't think so. Oh yeah. And it's such, and I'm trying to stay out of the middle of all of some of this shit, but it's such, there's so many generalizations, um, you know, that um, it, it's, it, it's not, you can't, it can't be generalized in the sense of, no, you know, a heavy arrow, I've always, I've shot heavy arrows forever, heavy arrows. Um, I would rather have a slower, quiet bow. We talked about this yesterday than a, um, you know, a fast, loud bow because noise is going to yeah. win out. Um, I'd rather yeah. cater a little bit to the heavier side of things, especially let's say it's a kid or a, or, or a woman or, or somebody, basically somebody can't pull back heavy pounds, poundage. Um, I'm going to say shoot a heavier arrow with a cut on contact head. You need the momentum. Um, oh Yeah. It's just how it is. I mean, I, it, it you know once you get to where you're pulling back seventy plus pounds, doesn't really matter what you shoot, right? It's 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 going mm-hmm. through. Uh, well, for the most part, um, yeah. yeah. But there's a, part of the problem is there's just a lot of shit talking on the internet, and there's a lot of talking from people that don't have a lot of hands on experience. Where again, you're up in you know God's country of Alaska, where you get to do things that down here we just don't get to do very often. Moose hunting be one being one of them. Yeah, and it's, you know, and I try, get I, I kind of enjoy stirring it up a little bit, but I try to, like, you know, I don't just argue for the sake of arguing, you know, I try to, like, give people good information, and there's plenty of stuff I have no, you know, I don't have any basis speaking on, but the stuff I do know, you know, I'm more than willing to jump in there, you know, and the whole, you know, the, I wrote a piece a while back on the kinetic energy thing. And it's like, it's just that speed marketing because speed is what gets your KE up. And it really doesn't have any correlation with the lethality of your arrow. You know, it's momentum. And, you know, for example, like the arrows I was shooting last year, I, they, according to one manufacturer's website, did not have enough kinetic energy to be adequate for north american big game and went out one night shot a black bear quartering away hit him you know back of the ribs and it exited through his shoulder stuck in the ground 
pulled that arrow off, dropped the broadhead a little bit. Two nights later, shot a grizzly bear, and I, I, I didn't hit where I was wanting to. I shot a little quick. He was quartering hard, and I was aiming, wanted to hit him right on the front edge of the hind leg, and ended up hitting him right in the ham. And initially, I'm like, oh, great. And then I played back the video, and, and it just buried it up to the veins in his ham. And he ran, he only made it 35 yards, went back there and I'm skinning him and cutting him up. And, uh, and that broadhead was buried in his opposite front leg bone. And that's, that's the only thing that stopped it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, again, hands-on experience, right? I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, what, uh, what do you have? Um, I mean, it, you're doing this points North thing. Um, and you, I know you write articles as well. What are you kind of looking for to do in the future? Do you got anything planned with Outdoor Life or anyone else? Or are you just going to kind of see how this Points North thing does? Yeah, I think I'm going to see how it pans out. Um, it's been kind of nice. I really enjoy doing the, you know, the video shooting and editing myself. You know, I'm fairly novice at it, but for that platform, it works. And, uh, you know, I don't have to be a professional. And it's just like, you know, I like giving fairly raw, like good content. You know, despite what people may say, I got a few tricks up my sleeve. So doing like how to's and stuff like that's kind of fun. But yeah, I'd like to see how it, I want to, looking forward to see how it pans out. Um, I don't know, you, you know how the market is. It's so volatile. Um, stuff's always changing. So see if we can stay on top of it. And, you know, I want to do it as long as I can. You know, it, it I'm already out there hunting, so I might as well, you know, and I really like sharing the content and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's kind of is what it is. It's a little scary sometimes not knowing how things are going to go, but, uh, but as long as I can do it, I'm going to. No, that's good. And you were, you were like me, you were doing construction before, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, been doing construction since I was 18. This last year, this year, I finally, um, basically quit and have been doing this full time. And I think I'm going to, at least for the foreseeable future, going to be able to do okay with it. Um, you know, and everyone, everyone has this delusion that it's, you know, it's some glamorous all getting paid to hunt. Well, it's really not that simple. <laughs> no, it is not. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's fulfilling, but it's a lot of work. So yeah. Um, I just kind of really got lucky getting into that program, you know, that we did together and that kind of, kind of kicked it off and I've managed to scratch and hang on long enough that, that this opportunity's come up. So yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. I like doing it. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I think, uh, you definitely have to, as long as you've, you know, sculpted your life around working in the outdoor industry, uh, which means a shitload of sacrifice. By no means am I complaining, but you do have to get used to the fact you're probably not going to have new cars and a new house and new couches, but you're probably going to have some good gear and some great stories when you die, but you're probably not going to have a whole lot of other shit. Uh, just fact yeah. off. <laughs> yep, yep. There are very few people who you could say get rich, and the ones that do get rich in it don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, and then I what was it? I just, just remembered another social media, what peeve of mine. Um, Oh, the, and, and we've talked about this before the, the, and you got, you guys mentioned it, the whole, the fit, the fitness hunter craze, you know, we've, we've gone back and forth over a few years about that stuff. 
And it's funny, especially pertaining to sheep hunting, because I don't know, it seems like the past few years, sheep hunting's really like, especially with social media, you know, that's what everybody wants to do. And, uh, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a fat kid. Like, you'd whoop my butt any day on the mountain, but I managed to go and, uh, and get it done every year. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Like- actually, go ahead. Oh, I don't know if I told you this story. So I, oh, it had been a few years since I went for a checkup or whatever with the doctor. So I go in this summer. The guy comes in. He's, you know, you know, you're technically obese. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, my, my, my blood pressure is fine. Everything, you know, everything looks perfect. And, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of joking with him. I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, and yeah, I could lose 15 or 20 pounds, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll lose it when I go sheep hunting. He said, oh, you know, that's pretty hard. You know, have you ever heard of train to hunt? And I'm just like, oh, geez. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> that's funny. I think, uh, um, I don't think people, um, yeah, how would I put either you're mentally tough or you're not. Um, and, uh, yeah. no amount of physical fitness is going to, um, overcome someone who's mentally tough. In my, in my opinion, um, I think that, um, some people are, they just have it to be able to, to do it, whatever, whatever shape they're in. And, and some don't, that's not to say if you drop 10 pounds, 15 pounds and started running every day, you wouldn't maybe get there a little more efficiently, but you're mentally tough. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter. You're going to get there anyway. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, and I have no, and you know, I have no problem with like training for the purpose of hunting. It's, you know, that's great. You know, anything you can do to get you in better shape, but, uh, it's like it, it's like, I don't know. I get the impression that to some people like that becomes more important than the hunting, you know, it's like, you know, like there's a few people I know, well, if I want to train to hunt, I'll just go hunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, it, and I think, like, and I almost get, you know, sometimes I think about, oh, if I was, hadn't, didn't have the experience I had, man, I would think that you know, high country elk or mule deer hunting or sheep hunting, anything like that. Like, man, if you're not, if you're not a freaking animal, like you've got no chance, but, uh, Which is definitely over the not years, the and, I, <laughs> and I, I, I used to be in really good shape and, uh, it's kind of like steadily gone downhill over the years, but, uh, it's just, you know, you take it in it, like any obstacle might, you take one step at a time, one obstacle at a time. Like you, if you don't give up, you will get there. And I've seen, you know, even some, you know, for, you know, I don't know what you would say nicely, like folks that self promote pretty hard that I think like the idea of being mountain hunters more than they want to actually just go do it because they love it. You know, seeing guys that could mop the floor with me, just give up like, fairly quick yeah oh yeah and i mean we i mean we see it all the time you know here it's the same kind of a deal definitely mentally mental toughness is is going to carry you a lot farther than physical just straight up physical fitness Uh, and that's again that's not to say i mean frank and i work out every day whether it's in the gym or cardio um and and i do it just because i mean honestly I didn't do it when I was 30. I lifted. I didn't really pay attention to anything else. Um, but man, in the last five years, I've basically tried to take it to a different level because of age. And so I pay way more attention to dieting and fitness just because it got to the point where it sucked so bad when I did the, I'll just get in shape during season. I'm like, 
you know, I'm just not going to get out of shape. Um, now yeah. you, where you're at, that would suck because dude, it is, it's cold up there. Good God. It is cold. Um, I mean, what's it get up there in the, in, in the way? I mean, one, it's dark all the damn time, but how cold does it get up there normally? in let's say February. Oh, February, you know, you can, it's not, a, you know, you'll typically through the winter, we'll have several stretches of 40, 50 below zero. And, uh, I've seen it like 62 below. I think it's the coldest I've seen it here in Fairbanks. I mean, it's just, it's flat cold. Um, and that's not to say you can't go work out. Like I've just been lazy the past few years, you know, or, you know, being busy has been my excuse and I'm not going to be able to totally get away with it forever. But, um, and again, like, you know, being, getting in good shape and all that's like, you know, that's great. It's just, you know, the, the attitude pees me that like, you can't do it unless you're, you know, unless you're doing this, this, and this. So, well, dude, we're, we're going to have the TSD guys on, uh, I think you're familiar with them on Instagram. Um, uh, they talk mad shit. Uh, they're going to be on here next week or the week after. And, uh, I, I mean, they, you want to talk about controversy, dude, they love stirring up shit. And I think what it, <laughs> it is, 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 uh, and you know, being in the middle, um, meaning I'm friends with mountain ops guys, um, and some of the other um, people that have drawn some some heat um, being, you know, quote unquote fake or quote, unquote, you know, whatever you want to call it, that um, I can see how I mean, there's people that hate me because they and they unfriend me because they see my face too much on social media. There's people that hate you because they see one comment you make and they've judged you for, you know, by judge the book by its cover because of one comment you made shit just happens well i think yeah. like with mountain ops for example they blew up so fast and there's people that wear their stuff that haven't really killed a whole lot that they're getting promoted things like that and then that takes guys that start to get like a disdain or like a total hatred for that and then poke fun it's kind of a vicious cycle i try to stay out of it and just laugh at everyone um i found that easier but I, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a line drawn in the sand of, uh, you know, for some of this stuff that just, you know, you got the guys that, um, you know, gym selfies, flat brims, working out constantly, not in the, out in the, out in the field very much. And then you guys got out in the field all the time and they're talking shit about the guys taking gym selfies. Um, like again, me, I'm in the field a lot and I'm in the gym a lot. So I try to, I just won't wear a flat brim or skinny jeans, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I get I'm lucky and I stay above the fray. People hate me for totally different reasons. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I'm, as much as I like stirring stuff up and <clears throat> I think I've gotten better over the years, like if stuff's like, I, I don't know, I can't ever say anything that even if sometimes I may think it, you know, say anything that's just like just out of, I, you know, just just talking because I, because I feel like it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like, or like the comment, and actually I'd like, I'd never heard anything except from you about that, the comment on the, the penetration. Cause I was honestly like trying to just be like, look like you're not correct. And I don't know if apparently there was some talking going on other than that. I could care less, but it uh, wasn't bad. It was but, trad guys basically defending you. And I was like, huh. they I was like, uh, you know, they sent it to me basically 
uh, like, hey, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I, we, we think you know this guy uh, type of a thing. And it, they were laughing. Um, same reason you were about the penetration thing. And they were like, can't we all just get along? And I was like, honestly, I don't think so. I tried. I mean, <laughs> I, I would I would like to. You know, I, you know what I would like is I would like to walk into a traditional archery shop with my compound and not hear people tell me I'm stupid because I'm not shooting a stick. Hasn't happened yeah. yet, but I'd like that. I, I would like the fact I would like to see uh, some of the old farts in the industry on the trad side kind of open compound hunting up a little or a kind of welcome compound hunting up a little bit more with open arms um, to where a guy with a compound may entertain the idea of shooting a stick bow because the people are just that nice. That ain't fucking happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not now. Yeah, and it, and it frustrates me, too. You know, like, any, like, joke in, in, you know, our local archery club, like, is the same, you know, the same thing. Like, and I joke with my buddies, like, give them a hard time or whatever. But, like, I honestly don't care. You know, it's like, if that's what you want to shoot, you know, and that's what you're comfortable shooting, like, good for you. You know, who cares? And, you know, like, in like the Levi post, I wasn't trying to stir anything up. I was just saying like, dude, I watched the same video and I didn't know you commented on it. And that arrow stopped in its tracks, probably got six inches, four inches of penetration. I mean, yeah, it it was dead, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't any, I mean, if you hit that thing with a, with a stick bow at the same, same, when it cut on contact broadhead, it would have ripped through it. So when I watched it, I was like, Whoa, that stopped. Yeah. And I, and I would like, I never would even said anything if, you know, hadn't kind of mouthed off like that. And that's what I was really addressing. I tried to make that clear. I'm like, I'm like, look, I don't have a problem with your shot. You know, you shoot what you want to shoot. And like that deer is dead. I have no complaints about it, but like, you're not quite totally correct when you, when, you know, you just mouth off about something you may not totally understand. Yeah, and I mean it. The the messages I was getting were from uh, from guys that are kind of um, you know they shoot stick bow and know that I shoot both or or vice versa. And they're you know they had commented on you and a few other of the comments where the kind of can't we all just get along thing you know popped out. And it's definitely going to take a, a little bit of give uh, give and take, I guess, on both sides of the fence. Because yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think you know. And it seems like, you know, it's, it starts a little, some people just take it too far, you know, like, you know, I personally don't have a, like, don't, I don't have anything against compounds. Like, I don't really feel like shooting one that much. So, you know, that's my deal. And I'll joke with my buddies, but like, you know, you get in, like, you get into an archery club or whatever, where, you know, the old timer stick bow shooters just like, you know, you get a, a guy showing up for the first time with his compound and just getting harassed. Like, he's not going to come back. Yeah, you know it's there. There, it's a, you know, you kind of got to know your boundaries. Where, you know, the the person uh, you're joking around with knows that you're just joking. You're not serious. You're not like seriously talking down their bow or their ability. You know what I mean? And well, trad, you know, there's some of that going on. And 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 frankly, like the majority of the how would I put this? The overall, like I would say, average. Um, proficiency level of trad shooters is not very good. 
I would would concur. I would also say the average compound shooter shoots farther than they probably should as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's both sides, you know, both sides to it. Well, uh, the other day, for example, uh, I was at the range and a guy came over, he had picked up a stick bow. Um, he shot a doe and dude, I mean, I was like, super pumped for the i mean you could tell the guy was genuinely just jacked through the roof and talked to him about it i mean he's super pumped up and then a guy comes up shortly after that and talking to both of us and um he's like so did you shoot any of those animals yourself this year with a stick or was it all compound and i said no man it was all compound i actually shot one of them with a gun and he goes oh and that was it he turned his back to me and walked away yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't give a shit, but I'm like, like oh, okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, you know, you see it on, you know, all different posts and whatnot, like, you know, you put, post something like some informational stuff, like I did one on, like, things I carry in my little possible pouch, you know, sheep hunt or whatever, and then. <laughs> you know, some guy, oh, that's stupid, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, well, how many sheep have you killed? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have. Or like you, you get that with backpacks, you know, on some of these threads. It's like, oh, this one's the best backpack ever. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, how many of you, you know, which ones have you tried? And like how much, how many sheep have you packed out with them? And, oh, so you just want to, you know, you know, get in a dick measuring contest where I'm like, no, like if – I approach it like if I'm someone who doesn't know what they're doing, like, you know, okay, well, like I need to vet this person a little bit. Like, do they actually have any experience to, to show, you know, I mean, I, I can't, you know, I love, I love the packs I'm using and I can't even say that they're like the best packs ever. Any gear, you know, that hurts me pretty bad. Well, oh, dude, I, the best thing ever. I well, run, I run I mean, the company you know. and I don't say they're the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's, yeah, I mean, I've been, been using Kefaru packs based since we started out. And you, I think you sent me the first, your, your personal, like the first Timberline ever made. Yep. Cause I needed a pack that year and I beat the crap out of that thing. I, you know, several sheep and mountain goats and brown bear hides and stuff like that. And, uh, hopefully that, that thing should be sitting in the, in the Kefaru museum, I think. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, and, uh, give me, one second here. I got somebody messaging in with a question. Um, yeah, it's actually for you. Uh, I just told this guy I was going to have you on earlier. Uh, can you lay out your trad setup? Actually, this guy was curious. Um, got what, what bow yeah. poundage, all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Right now I I'm shooting. It's a, uh, bear's paw bows, avian, he calls them the avian bows. The it's, uh, bear's paw bows, ILF bow. It's an aluminum riser, um, ILF bow. And I, I've been shooting that thing. I, I bought one of his wood bows after I was shooting, you know, the old Samick Sage. And they're just, he makes really nice bows. And then I bought the ILF one and I never, haven't turned back since. He makes really like smooth, hard shooting limbs. And uh, they're wood core carbon limbs. The one I have, I've been shooting 53 pounds at my draw length, which is like 32 inches. And, uh, then my and I shoot that with a, I have a bear weather rest a because I, I shoot veins and 
a lot of times I have a hard time finding arrows that are, especially with my heavier limbs, like I can barely find arrows that are stiff enough and long enough. Um, my sick, my heavier limbs, I was shooting 200s full length and had to put like 350 grains up front to get them to spine right. And, uh, but anyway, the setup I'm shooting now is, uh, the 250 gold tip platinum pierces. And then I got some of those, uh, the Valkyrie archery glue on center pin adapters. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have a few of his broadheads in there and they're really slick broadheads. Um, I can't find anything I don't really like about them. Um, they're just a little spendy for me, but he, the saving thing is he makes a glue on center pin adapter. That's the same system. It's that steel pin goes in the middle of your arrow because the, the gold tip insert out, you know, outsert sleeve stuff just seems kind of anemic to me. And I, you know, worried about hitting heavy bone and having that thing bust. If I'm going to go with a heavy broadhead, single bevel broadhead, I want to have, you know, eliminate as many failure points in my arrows I can. So, um, those, those things seem to work great. Um, so the Valkyrie center pin glue on adapter, a 190 grain grizzly single bevel glued on those. And I think those arrows are like 697 grains and they were shooting, I want to say 180 out of that bow. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I really, and, and I was shooting my heavier limbs for years, and a lot of the stuff has a 50-pound, yeah, um, grizzly bears stuff like that has a 50-pound minimum draw weight. And I never, you know, and these these limbs are 45 at 28, and I finally I measured them at, at my draw length, and they're 53. So I'm like, well, shoot, I'm just going to use these, and uh, and yeah, just quartering two shot on a grizzly bear right through the shoulder, and like just buried it so i i that thing will kill anything on this continent oh yeah for sure what would you say um uh and we can kind of bounce back and forth on this and kind of finish up on it just because we actually i didn't know we've been talking this much um as far as like go-to gear like shit that you will not ever maybe not ever change but things that are like game changers for uh for you and i hate to say game changer but in your pack um some of the different gear, like, and it doesn't matter if it's mar marmot, mammoth, kafaru, or whatever. Uh, list off a few things that uh, have been huge for you that you're, you know, pretty pumped up about. Yeah, well, first of all, I'll have to just go off and steal Frank's one that lost parka. Um, I've used quite a bit, you know, several different puppies and stuff like that, and that's the best one I've found. Um, for quite a few years, sheep on that run like a you know, like uh, this, whatever quote unquote system, <laughs> I don't like using that term, but, um, you know, where I, I'd have a, a short sleeve and like a sweatshirt and a soft shell jacket. And, and I just, you know, it was fine when it wasn't cold, but when it was cold, it got down. And, you know, since you guys came out with that thing, man, it's, it's sit down to glass and slide it on that com combined that. And I got a set of, uh, marmot puppy pants on sale. And, uh, you know, we sit down to glass. It doesn't matter how cold it is. Pop the, you know, our call me and my buddy, Frank, that sheep hunt together, call them our space suits, pop, pop those things on and, and you're toasty. And several times in one year with sheep hunt, got a foot of snow on August 10th. And we I mean, just soaked to the bone and just sitting in the tent in that jacket, steam just pouring off, you know, and 
several other times where I've had it soaking wet and, you know, by the end of the pack, like all the moisture's out on the edge. So that's, that's a big one. Um, when I go, well, I've just been rifle sheep hunt so far. I always take a bipod nowadays. They're, uh, you know, the standard sheep hunter, oh, let's save weight. And to me, they're well worth the weight. And I've been carrying this little Harris for the same one for years. And I've converted a couple of my buddies over where we just carry them in the backpack until it's time to sneak up on a sheep and then pop them on the rifle. And it's just more sheep than not. It's given me a very comfortable opportunity for the shot, you know, rather than resting it on my pack or whatever, any, any, any variables you can take out, it really helps. So the sheep I shot this year, actually we shot both our sheep with the same rifle off the bipod, and I shot mine at 465 and just just ten ringed him. Um, so that's a, that's a big one. And I got a new. I don't know if you've heard of those Spartan bipods or Spartan Precision. Yep. Um, I I don't know how long they've been out. I I got one. I just got one this fall. Um, carbon fiber bipod and um, magnetic release and I've got to play around with that more, but I think that's going to be the ticket. It's like half the weight. Um, so my bipod, what else? I'm trying to quit chewing. So Copenhagen, hopefully we'll have to go off of that. Dude, I'm like 12 <laughs> days into chewing grizzly instead of Copenhagen. And let me tell you what, that's a biatch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about yeah, like, it's just, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go. No, I was just gonna rant on that. But yeah, go go ahead. <laughs> what about like uh, like knives, headlamps, stoves? What are some of the things you use there that you have been uh, good for you and, and potentially have also sucked? Um, I've been using I've been use, just using the Jetboil basically because it's been working for me fine, and and I've been too lazy to try other stuff. Um, so like I'm not crazy about it, but it's not it i have no complaints about it either um headlamps i don't know man like so many times i've just got the old 13 dollars energizer headlamp but i uh i've got a couple of browning headlamps that seem to do pretty well um one of them the one that takes double a's is kind of nice if i have other stuff that i need double a's for sheep hunting but you know that those led headlamps have, have come so far the past few years it seems like um, and most of the time sheep hunt, I never need them because it doesn't get that dark. <laughs> but, um, one thing I started doing too is on my EMR, I, I got some reflective tape and put a few strips of that on the top and sides of my backpack. Cause two, three years ago, we went on a stock on these rams. They're like 500 yards below us dropped our pack, scooted down and got pinned down till dark. And it would have been, you know, the reason I was okay leaving the packs because our tent was right up on top of the ridge, easy to find in our sleeping bags and everything were in there, but we almost couldn't find our packs that night. So stuff like that, or I'll put a couple extra reflective strips on my tent. Um, one night, well, more than one night, but the last night i'm thinking of coming back packing a sheet back to camp at three o'clock in the morning and it was dark it was in the alaska range and it's one is real foggy and misty almost where your headlamp doesn't even work you know you can see better with the naked eye until, until it comes to finding your tent 
And if we hadn't had some reflective stuff on the top of our tent, you know, it could have turned pretty bad, you know, I don't, I don't know about deadly, but seriously uncomfortable and pissing me off. Yeah. Well, and I started putting reflective uh, pull cord on my zipper pulls for the same yeah. reason on my pack, because um, it, it does get dark here and, uh, you know, drop it for a stock at last light. And then, that, you know, I carry that, uh, uh, that 401 Fortrex GPS and I've, uh, that's what yeah. I've used for years. And now I started wearing a, a Sunto Traverse Alpha, which has a GPS in it. And so I've started oh, nice. to get a hell of a lot more diligent about marking. I mean, I don't mark shit hardly, right? I mark my tent, but man, I've gotten a yeah. lot better at marking my pack when I'm about to drop. And some guys are like, oh, I don't ever drop my pack. Man, that's easy to say, um, until you've closed the distance to 80 yards or, or 50, man, you know, limiting the amount. And that can, Go ahead. And that can turn into a mile real fast. <laughs> and I and I can only imagine, you know, down there or you know, whenever you're hunting hunting in some timber and stuff, you know, or sheep hunting, for the very most part, like it's not hard to find your way around. But when you drop your brown backpack in a pile of rocks that all look the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and, and it, it, again, the pull cord's just enough um, to where, it, you know, it looks like eyeballs, but it definitely, you know, it sticks out where you can find it. So that's been something I've done, you know, as well. Oh, what boots yeah. are you wearing now? I actually was meaning, had been meaning to give you a call and talk about it. I've been wearing those Loa Tibet GTXs for quite a few years now. I've been really happy with them. I think I may want to try something else. Um I don't know the set I have. It seemed like the new, the last set I got, and they go through several sheep hunts. The last set I got, they changed their soles, where you know the sole used to be solid rubber all the way through the sole. And I don't know my boot terminology all that well, but now it's this kind of gray, foamy stuff. And packing out our sheep this year, you know, we were whole sheep in camp coming out, and that the, my lugs and everything on the sole are fine, and the boots are fine, but that that kind of middle layer of the sole is all, you know, I, I can hear it like squishing. I can feel it squishing. I look down and it's all cut up and stuff like that. So I was, I wasn't, it wasn't a deal breaker, but I, I wasn't thoroughly impressed with that. Um, so I may, you know, be looking into trying, trying another, trying a different path for a little bit and see, see how that works out. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Scarpa but, guy, so, um, yeah, there's been a, actually, um, I got a set, uh, of, uh, crispies that got sent from their mountaineering, um, side of things that I'm trying out. I've heard good things about that new Lathrop and Sun boot, but I haven't screwed around with it yet. And then, uh, La Sportiva, I've worn those off and on, but for, for me like that, the Scarpa has just never let me down. It's hard for me to switch to anything else just cause, it's one of those, even on a mountaineering boot, when I put on something that stiff and I can put it on and go hike and not rub my feet raw, it's pretty hard for me to use anything else. Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, because when I, when I got started, quote unquote, in the industry and you know, when we started working for outdoor life together, you know, I, I think I killed five sheep at that time and I was doing it, but, and not to say I'm still not just, you know, getting what I can afford, but it's helped being able to get a little bit nicer gear in some ways. Cause I mean, I was, and I, I was wearing Mendel's at the time and they pretty much trashed my feet. And, uh, you know, I got into a set of Loa's and man, I was like, I've never, 
I did get one blister this year. It was kind of a, I don't even know why, but that's the only blister I can ever remember getting in those boots. And, and that even comes from the past couple of years, not even putting a backpack on until we're going sheep hunting, which is a little bit neglect, you know, irresponsible maybe, but that's, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Well, cool, man. Well, we, I should probably wrap it up here. I've, uh, people coming to my door and phone calls I'm not answering, but, uh, let's definitely get you back on here again. Um, yeah, maybe we can get, uh, my little buddy Nick at some point to hop back on, uh, or hop on with us and we can uh, all make fun of each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's if you, you know, it's not a good day till you piss at least one person off even if you're not trying to. <laughs> yeah, no no kidding. Um, well, I've been told many times that a, a couple of things that I found have found true. If you haven't had been investigated by the fish and game, you probably haven't killed enough. And if uh, you don't have some, <laughs> if you don't have some haters, uh, you probably don't have enough people that like you. So I, I found yeah. those to be true. Yeah, you can't, you, you just can't make everybody, there's always going to be someone that has a problem with something you say, even if you're, even if you're not, not trying to, and I, I've been guilty at times of, of, you know, weighing some stuff that like don't even get on my, my rifle safety blog. I did a few years back. Like I, I, was, I don't know if you read that, but people apparently did not read what I was, what I was trying to say did not get across. Apparently. Which one, which one was that one? It was called like why I don't use the safety on my hunting rifles. And I'll just sum it up like in a couple sentences. Essentially, the whole premise is to get people to think about what they do with their rifle with the safety on that they would never ever do with it off. And the vast majority of my hunting, I'd never have a round in the chamber until it's time to shoot. Dude, you and just about anybody else I know that actually hunts does not use their safety. They just don't put one upstairs till they're ready to fire. Or yeah. if there's going to be and, a delay, they'll have one upstairs, but the bolt not closed. Yeah. And it's, you know, and they say, don't trust your safety. You know, and I'm like, I'm trying to get people to think, well, are you trusting your safety by doing all this stuff? And it, it just like, it was just insane. You know, when I'm like, look, like the only safe, you know, quote unquote safe condition is, nothing in the chamber and either the action open or the, or the firing pin dropped. And a lot of rifles, you know, you, you know, you put, drop the firing pin, you can't put the safety on. And a lot of rifles, that's the only way you can externally verify that the, you know, there's nothing in the pipe because you can see that the firing pin has been dropped. But yeah, that, that one went just total. I knew it would be controversial, but I had no idea. <laughs> well, dude, I, I, and I didn't read it, but I can say, um, whether guiding, hunting, helping, whatever, um, you know, I put one upstairs if I ever do shoot a gun when I'm ready to shoot. Um, if it's a point where there might be a lag time, I'll get one upstairs and I'll have the bolt backed out. Um, yeah. if I know a guy's fired around and an animal and hit it and we're getting ready to charge up, Generally, the first thing out of my mouth is put that fucking safety on. And that's about the only time I'll say to put the safety on because the rest of the time I'm like, yeah, pull it up, you know, get it out of the upstairs and put her back downstairs. Um, oh, yeah. And sheep hunting, you know, whoever I go sheep hunting with at any given time, like it's a clear understanding <clears throat> that we don't, we don't even talk about the safety. It's just a clear understanding that there is never, ever around in the chamber until it's time to shoot. And you 
you know, if they're reasonable in a reasonable spot to tell them, like, you, you know, I'll tell Frank, like, all right, I'm chambering up or whatever. Cause you know, when you're backpacking, where eventually someone is going to have that rifle pointed at them. So, yeah. Well, dude, last year on this that, bear hunt, I mean, a prime example, a block, have you messed with a blazer much? I rifle? haven't, but, um, not, not much. I, I filled with one, one time a moose hunter had and, I didn't shoot it, but I just kind of, huh, they're interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we're going in on a wounded bear, and when I thought we were got to it, I put one upstairs, and I was leading the pack, and I could not, for the life of me, figure out if I had the safety off or on. Now, that you know, to being totally yeah. honest here, I'm looking at this thing like, motherfucker, is the safety on or off? Am, am I going to shoot someone or get eaten? Like, I don't know... Yeah, And we're getting ready to go on this wounded bear. And so I did what I thought the smartest thing was to do. I put it on my hip, aimed it in the tree, uh, you know, giant oak tree in front of me, like 10 yeah. feet away and fired off around. Dude, the safety was not on. And I look Man. back and I'm like, it's all good. You know, cause I didn't tell him, I should have mentioned something to the guys behind yeah. me and they knew cause I didn't flinch that they thought I actually might've shot at the bear and they're like, what's oh. going on? And I'm like, I've got a fucked up gun is what's going on. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I was like, it's a blazer. How the hell do you take the safety off and on it? It wasn't yeah. my gun. And, but the moral of the story is if I would have just waited before I put one upstairs, none of that would have happened. But I put one in early because it was a wounded bear. But yeah. I mean, again, I, I literally, I wanted to make sure one, if there if if there wasn't one upstairs or the safety or not upstairs if the safety was on i didn't know how the hell exactly to get it off in a hurry and again this totally you know, being honest here is a dumb shit move on my part so firing one off in a tree was my best option cuz i was like well i'm just going to reload when we get up there on this next yeah. round <laughs> so yeah. and and that's yeah. where it really it, comes into play yeah and tracking bear like and i mentioned in there i'm like <clears throat> going in after a wounded bear in the brush like that's one of the rare times I have a around in the chamber and my safety off like, and Oh, what if you catch it on brush? Like this, I'm not running into the brush, you know, like it's a very slow methodical, like, and if there's a lot of times I'm by myself, but like, if there's anyone with, you know, it's like everybody's on the same page and I've had to shoot one, I had to shoot one bear that I was tracking a black bear that jumped up about 10 feet in front of me. And, you know, it's, it's like, so, and some rifles have a safety that like, you can just ride your thumb on it the whole time. And I'm not saying safeties are bad or don't use them. Like if you have to hunt where you need around in the chamber, yeah, use it. But it was just small things trying to explain the way most of my hunts work and to get people to think about the things they do with it on safe is doing some guiding. Like I've seen some wild stuff that like you almost can't make up and it's scary you know so anyway <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother story yeah no no kidding well cool man well i appreciate you uh you coming on here and um shooting the shit with me yeah yeah no problem we'll have to do it again soon i'm sure there's no shortage of uh no shortage of topics and shit talking yeah. <laughs> yeah oh cool all right man we'll take it easy oh. and uh stay safe out there man i'll talk to you soon enough all right. Sounds good. we Will do. All right. Later.